0: Why behave when you can be a bar bath babe. <laughs> All right, ladies, and we are back for another episode of Bar Bath Babe. All right, I'm so excited to have everyone here. Again, I appreciate and love the support. After that last episode I put out, I have received so much love, so much support, so many new followers. I could not be more excited to keep growing with you guys and keep growing this podcast. You guys are incredible. I appreciate the support. Thank you. Moving on from that little sentimental note. Something I did want to start off talking about is just my apologies for not posting last week. It was Valentine's Day, and I was fully involved with other plans, and I just didn't get to recording the episode because I was a bit busy, as I'm sure you can understand from a romantic perspective. The guy I've been seeing is a huge romantic and planned an entire weekend for us, and I just was caught off guard because I'm not used to dating guys who are very sweet and romantic. I'm used to dating assholes who don't do shit for me and I just let it happen. So moving on, we talked about red flags. We canceled them. So now we're on to nice guys. However, today's episode, commitment or regret. We're going to be talking about things that you should talk About with somebody before you jump into a relationship with them, before you commit to that person, we have to know what kind of things we need to talk about. Obviously, this is a vast area. There's so much that goes into it. We just simply can't cover everything in one episode. But I just want to go off a few of them. Just kind of talk about like what kind of things you know we should be talking about. What kind of things you know, maybe. Steer for her from if they uh you know what they don't know won't always hurt them but mostly we're gonna be talking about what we need to talk about because there is a lot you should know because I will tell you as I was on my Valentine's date with a guy who wanted to ask me to be his girlfriend I sat there and thought to myself I was like holy shit this is our first time out in public together. And he wants to ask me to be his girlfriend. This is our first time out together. I don't know if I want to be his girlfriend. What if he acts like a complete idiot? While we're out. To be honest, he did not act like a complete idiot. I mean, a little bit, but that's just part of his personality. Overall, very well behaved, very gentleman-y, which is awesome. But, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I mean. We had a, kick-ass time. But there are some things that I definitely was like, okay, I need to step back and make sure that this is something that I want to do if I want to commit to this person or not. And going out in public with somebody and seeing how they interact with people around, seeing how they tip the server, that is a huge thing for me. I used to work as a waitress and I've been a restaurant manager. And how a man tips a waitress is how much I'm putting out that night. So it goes off that. The higher you tip, the more likely I am to put out and the more likely I am to do freaky shit. The lower you tip, the less likely I am to put out. (laughs) And that's just because I've worked in the service industry. I know what it's like. It's fucking hard, especially the weekend of Valentine's Day. Like, especially Valentine's Day is hard. Because you have all these people coming out because there's all these people who want to, like, do the restaurant thing. And they want to, like, impress their spouse. And they spend so much money on the food that they forget to tip their fucking waitress and it's annoying. Tip your waitresses, guys. Do not. You know, I was looking at the analytics for this podcast and I actually have more male listeners than females. So men, tip your fucking waitress. Women, tip your fucking Waitress, it's not that hard. If you don't feel like you have enough money to tip, fucking don't go out. I will stand by that until the day I croak and die. Tip your waitress. Thank you for coming to this podcast. That's a... I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not everything, but that is an excellent point that I wanted to make. Moving on. So what kind of things should you talk about with your spouse before getting in a relationship with them? Not even spouse, significant other, so, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to call the person that you are intending on only fucking and being monogamous with, or polyamorous with, or, you know, polygamy, whatever you want to do, any type of relationship you want to get in, you should probably know these things about this person. Hmm. <laughs> Let's get to it. Money. I know that's a heavy hitter. That's something a lot of couples fight about. Money. That's why we're starting off with it. Money is a huge factor in a relationship. And I don't care if... I don't think there's anyone that would disagree with that. But just in case, it is a huge factor. And I'm not talking about if you are a woman who makes a lot of money, you start dating this broke-ass bitch. Or if you're a man who starts dating a girl. Like, you know, you start dating someone who is a broke bitch and you have a lot of money. We're not talking about gold diggers. We're talking about spending habits. That's the real kicker. Because realistically, you guys need to work out a budget. I personally like to go Dutch on first dates. I personally offer to pay for myself on first dates because I, one, do not like a man thinking that I owe him fucking anything on the first date. I don't fucking know you, sir. Get the fuck out of my face. If you think this date is gonna end with pussy in your face, you're fucking wrong. Like, no. Not that it hasn't ended that way before, but that's besides the point. Um, I just offer it. It's something that I like to do. But talking about, like, spending habits, it's definitely something that's easy to pick up on if you have your so who is constantly spending money going out buying themselves stuff, going out buying you stuff. You can kind of, like, see their spending habits and see if they match yours. Or if they don't match yours. I think in a lot of relationships, there's the person who likes to spend the money and the person who likes to budget the money and not spend it and save. And I think that that can make for a balanced relationship. I also think that two people that like to save and just occasionally spoil themselves is really good. However, if you are a spender, you should probably find somebody who is a saver. Because if you have two spenders... That sounds like a lot of debt piling up on each other, and that is not what we are here for. You need one person who gets good at saving and can kind of like talk the other one down. It's okay to have the wild card or to be the wild card. Just know that you need that safety person who's gonna like, you know, rein you back in and be like, "Hey, uh-uh, we're saving for this," or "Hey, uh-uh, you know, we're saving so that we can, I don't know, maybe fucking one day retire." and not have to worry about working because that's my real goal in life is to get to a point where I don't have to work because I have money. Saved, obviously. So just creating a budget. I'm not saying budget with your spouse. Be like, hey, like, you know, we're thinking about becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. Why don't you track all your spend and I'll check all mine. No, just like be observant. Pay attention. See if they match you. See if they don't match you. See if you guys can complement each other or if you guys are going to just completely clash heads when it comes to your spending. Another huge thing is daily activities. You got to know if your guys' day-to-day is going to work together because eventually, if you hit a point where you are committed and you guys are going to start living together, your daily activities cannot just completely clash with each other. So you have to have some overlap where you can enjoy each other's company. And I'm not saying every day, I'm not saying be up the other person's ass, but just, you know, know your daily activities, know that everyone's okay with that, you know, you got to get on that same level. For instance, like, you know, if you both shower in the morning and you both get up for work at the same time, could clash a little, you're gonna have to work out a schedule. However, if one of you showers at night and one of you showers in the morning, it's a totally different ball game because you know that one of your daily activities is set apart from each other same thing with the eating schedules you definitely want someone who's on the same eating schedule as you because I am somebody who definitely gets hangry and I can become the biggest cunt in the world when I am hungry and if I do not get fed it's bad for everybody and that's not it's not great it's not great So just your day-to-day routines, that's something that you kind of want to like pay attention to. Get on the same page before you commit. Make sure they're not going to clash. You know, you don't want somebody who's brushing their teeth while they're doing like something weird. Like people who brush their teeth in the shower. I'm sorry if you do that. I understand it could be productive, but not for me. Not for me. All right. Another thing is travel. And you might be like, Oh, I want to travel so bad, but, like, I never have the money or time to it. If you're a spender, find a saver. You guys will save money together and travel, and it'll be awesome. However, if you are somebody who wants to travel a lot, and you are dating somebody who is, like, completely content in their hometown, never wants to travel, it's not going to work. Because you're going to have all these dreams, and if you really love the person, you might not fulfill those dreams because they want to stay in the hometown. No, find somebody who is on the same travel level as you. Maybe it's just one big vacation you take a year where you guys go and do something. Maybe it's a couple weekend trips. You're like, you know, I like to do the little spontaneous trips where I go camping for three days on the weekend and take, you know, one day off. That's totally fine. But find somebody who matches that energy. This whole episode is pretty much about finding someone who matches your energy on these topics. You want somebody who either will compliment you, like the spender saver, or you want somebody who matches you completely so that you can enjoy those things together. This one, I'm not going to dive too deep into this because I really don't want to talk about religious beliefs too much, but you would like, you need to have somebody who is on a similar page, not the same page, a similar page for religious beliefs. And you guys can be on completely different pages for your beliefs, but you cannot contradict each other in your spiritual beliefs. You can both believe in different things, but you have to have that mutual respect when it comes to like beliefs to where you're not clashing constantly. You have to have that respect for each other and for yourself. If you are somebody who is completely against Christianity or you're somebody who is all in, dives in completely into Christianity and you try to date that opposite and they badmouth your religion constantly or they make fun of your beliefs, it's gonna cause a huge clash and it's not gonna work out because eventually if you guys commit and you move forward and get into that relationship. And you eventually have kids. And you're talking about where you want to raise your kids. It's going to cause issues. And we don't like to see that here on Bar Bath Babe. No. We want to be in happy, loving relationships. Which is a whole different episode. Because I know for some of us who have gone through a lot of traumatic events. That's hard to accept. That loving, happy relationship. This one is one that I also don't wanna dive too deep into because I personally hate it so much, politics. You have to be on a similar page to politics. Again, it's kinda like the religion. You guys can respect each other's beliefs and have them be different, but if you have no respect for their beliefs, then you are completely out. You are taken out of the game because that is an argument That is just waiting for those divorce papers to be signed. Same with the money. Same with the spiritual beliefs. You are signing your own divorce paper the moment you decide to marry somebody with completely opposite views who does not respect your views and you do not respect theirs. Those are arguments waiting to happen. That is not what we want. We want to be happy. Even though it's hard sometimes. So political beliefs, I'm not somebody who's super political, so I usually don't date people who are super political because they go off on political tangents and I try to not engage in them because I feel like they cause a lot of fights. That's not something I want to be part of. I am big into voting, so this last year I did vote. I think it's important to vote and voice your opinion. I do not feel it's important to make your opinion known to everybody and shove it down everyone's throat. Let's see. Next up. Family. Family is huge before you decide to commit yourself to someone. And you know why it's huge? Because you have to be, again, you guys both don't have to be super involved with your families. You know, the guy I've been seeing, he loves his family so, so much. He does a lot with his family, even though they have issues together. My family, personally, I love my family with my whole heart. And I would die and fight tooth and nail for anybody in my family. They are my family. I would fight for them till the end. And we share that belief that we would both fight and protect our families. However, we both have different relationships with our families. I can be extremely open. The guy I'm seeing is from a very strict, strict, you know, Christian household where he can't always be himself and he can be considered a black sheep in his family. And that's an issue for him and his family. That is not my issue. You have to know each other's family boundaries and you have to know how involved you want to be with each other's family. I think that's something that's really important. Because that is something that the guy I've been seeing told me is that he was like, look, from what you told me about your family, I want to be part of your family. I can tell it's really important to you. So I want to be involved with your family. Whatever way I can make myself involved with your family, I would like to do so that, you know, I like, you know, make my imprint and you know that. And I thought that was really great for me. I think that's how it needs to be. However, if you are somebody who is not super involved with your family... And your so pressures you to know about your family and wants to be part of your family. That's not okay. If that is not for you, it's not for you. They do not need to be pressuring it. Same goes the opposite way. If your so is not super involved with your family and you are super involved in your family, get your so to move into your family. Bring him on in. Who cares? Who cares? But if they're not comfortable with that and they're just like that person that just wants to cling to you and have you be the only family in their life, it's not going to work. If you're super involved with your family and you're so as hell bent on just being that only person for you. It's not going to work out. You got to have that. That's going to end up in regret because the second you start pushing away your family for your significant other is the second you'll start second guessing a lot of things about yourself. another huge thing before committing to someone is just values, moral values. This can go into religion, you know, what religious aspects, if you have religious beliefs and what values those religions hold, that's a whole different concept. But just your personal values. I'm somebody that returns my shopping cart. I actually read an article last week describing how that is like a a moral standing because technically there is no law in the entire world that says you have to return your shopping cart. But you do it to be a good person. And it was this huge article about how if you return the shopping cart, it makes you a better person because there's nobody telling you and no law dictating that you have to return it. But you return it because it's the right thing to do and it helps out. And you want to be on that kind of same page for morals and values. Everyone's morals and values are different. I believe in giving. Uh, This is not something I share with tons of people. But in my car, I have snacks and I pass them out to homeless people. Because I believe it's good to help people out where they need. And I know there's a lot of bashing that happens with homeless people about how they put themselves in the situation. But... Me giving someone who is homeless some crackers and making sure that they have some something to eat that day is very rewarding for myself, which is selfish, to know that I at least did my part to make someone else's day a little better. So I keep little crackers and things in my car right under my center console so I can give them. And that's a moral that I would like to share. I would like that kind of charity value in my partner. I want someone who is going to help people. I want somebody who is going to be there, you know, when I need them. And I want them to embrace the good in the world rather than the bad. I understand there's a lot of bad in the world. But I think it's better to be the good than to stare at the bad. All right, another thing that is so important is feelings. You have to kind of match each other. If you are somebody who is not super touchy feely and you are dating somebody who is super touchy feely, you will get annoyed so fucking fast. I've had somebody who's been all over me in the past and I fucking hated it. I was like, get the fuck off me. I, I sound like such a cunt, but straight up, When I am going to bed, I don't like to be touched at all. You stay on your side of the bed. I'm going to stay on my side of the bed. If your arm even bumps me, I will wake up because I'm a light sleeper. And I've told that to guys in the past. I've been like, hey, do not touch me when I sleep. And they're like, I just want to cuddle. And I want to cuddle you all night. Stay the fuck on your side of the bed. Get away from me. Like, it doesn't work. And that's not like, emotional feelings, that's just their love language being physical touch, which I will talk about love language here soon. But if you have somebody who is emotionally so exhausted and emotionally just needs that constant reassurance and you're not somebody who likes to give that constant reassurance, you're more laid back, anything like that, it's not going to work out. You have to either know how to cope and compromise with that person on like, look, I can't give you all this emotional support. I can't give you what you're asking for. But I can give you this. And if they're like, you know, that's great. That's awesome. That's all I need, really. And I can deal with that. That's wonderful. Commit. However, if they're like, I don't know if I can do this, like, I, I need that extra, you know, support. I need that extra whatever they're asking for. It's going to end in regret because you're going to constantly fail their expectations for what they feel they need. Get on to the right level with the person. Respect their emotions as best you can. However, if your emotional needs and their emotional needs differ and you guys can't get to a point where you do the other person's emotional needs, It's not going to work out. All right, love languages. This is one of my favorite things to talk about when I'm looking at dating someone because one, some guys have no fucking idea what a love language is and I have to explain it and I seem like some crazy lady who's obsessed with it. Two, guys do know what they want and it helps me understand who they are as a person and if I'm able to provide the love language that they need, to them, or if maybe it's not something that's going to work out for me. Right now, the PE teacher, the guy I'm currently seeing, he's somebody who loves physical touch and words of affirmation. Me personally, I love words of affirmation and quality time. And we kind of express that to each other. And I can do the physical touch thing. And we both have that same common denominator of words of affirmation so we both know how to respect that to each other I know there's a lot of like treat others how you want to be treated as the golden rule I got told something by a supervisor one time that was no don't do the golden rule do the platinum rule and I was like what's the platinum rule and he said treat others how they want to be treated and if you are looking at getting in a relationship You cannot treat the person how you expect to be treated. You have to treat them how they want to be treated. And that's part of the five love languages is that you have to not love the person as you want to be loved, but love them as they want to be loved. The person you are getting in a relationship with needs to know how to love you the way you want and need to be loved. So for me, the guy I'm seeing, make sure it's been... You know, time with me where it's just me and him and we can get our quality time in as well as going out with friends and doing different things. He also makes sure to text me every day about things that he loves, about me. And I do the same to him because that's one of his. And I allow him to, you know, slap my ass in public and kiss me on the forehead, which is weird and hard to get used to. But I let it happen because I know that's his love language. You have to know how to love your partner. That's such a big like, communication barrier that happens is that you don't know how to love the other person the way they want to be loved. You're so focused on how you wish you were loved that you don't respect how they need to be loved. And it's really difficult to explain in just a short amount of time, but it's a huge thing. If you don't know... The five love languages are physical touch, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, and receiving gifts. My love languages, like I mentioned before, are words of affirmation and quality time. However, I show love by giving gifts. I show my partner love by giving gifts, and that's something I had to realize in myself that I was doing. And it's not because I personally love receiving gifts. It's just how I grew up showing love, you know. And that is something that's really important to notice as well. Your love language might differentiate from how you actually show your love. And so you want to kind of adapt yourself because you want to love the other person the way that they need to be loved. You're not if you try to force your personal love language onto someone, it's not going to work out. You have to know your differences and thrive from them when it comes to the love languages. And if you ever need, there is a book about love languages. It's really helpful. I personally haven't read it, but I know people who have, and they really attribute a lot to that kind of thing. And I honestly, there's little, you can download Love Nudge which is an app and they will take you through this quiz and it'll tell you what your love languages are and it'll rank them one through five for all the five love languages. By the way, that is not a sponsor. I don't have any sponsors yet, but that is something that I have done. And that's how I know what my two love languages are. My top two. I always like to do top two because top one just never works out for me, but that is something that you can do. I think it's fun. You can also on the love nudge app, Get your partner to do it, and you guys can nudge each other for what you want to happen in the future. So, that is a huge thing. Kind of raking it back in and going back to family values. Another huge thing is holidays. Oh my God, have I been in fights in my past about whose family we were going to be spending the holidays with? And obviously, my family's always the cooler one obviously. But you guys have to get in on a same page where you can compromise and be like, okay, if we're spending Thanksgiving with my family, we'll spend Christmas Eve or Christmas with your family. If we're spending Christmas Eve with my family. We'll spend Christmas Day with your family. If we're spending Halloween, you know, because I have nieces and nephews and you don't, then we'll do this holiday. Get on the same page about holidays. Create a schedule, do whatever you got to do. Uh, if you both are super family oriented, you guys have to hit a level of compromise on holidays. It is so huge. I can like the holidays bring out tons of emotions. They bring out all the feels and you got to be on a similar page for the holidays. It doesn't matter where you are in life, it's just one of the necessities. All right, ladies and gentlemen apparently, who <laughs> listen? I, I can honestly say I was not expecting a lot of men to listen to my podcasts. And the fact that now I have more male listeners than females is very surprising to me. But I am so stoked you guys are here and are listening. I hope that all of you have a wonderful rest of your evening. Don't forget to subscribe, please, please, please subscribe to either Google Podcasts or Spotify. I'm trying to work on iTunes, I swear. I know a lot of people have iPhones and use iTunes, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm also still, I mentioned it in episode one and two, I'm working on building a website. As soon as that is up, I will post that on my Instagram, and that's at barbathbabe for Instagram. If you guys have any questions or Anything you guys need help with, please, please email me, barbathbabe at gmail.com. This has been a lovely week, and I'm so excited to keep growing with you guys. Have a wonderful evening. Good luck. And I love you all. Because Friday nights are for the (laughs) babes.